all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. And I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So the question today is, did you struggle with the time change and do you still feel like something's not quite right with your mood? So today we're talking about seasonal affective disorder that's often called SAD that can affect many And then you put on the added stress of the holidays. Life can really seem completely overwhelming. So today we want to talk about sad, sleep, the holidays, and how to make some changes that might help make the holiday season this time of the year better. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to welcome Michelle McAdoo back. It is such a delight to have you back, Michelle. I am glad to be back with you in the studio talking about great things like we talk about every Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, you were out for what, six Six weeks? Six weeks. That's a long time. I know you needed to do that after surgery. Yes. Take good care of yourself, and many people don't do that. That might be another whole show we need to do. You talk to me a lot about (laughs) self-care, and we both know how important self-care is. It's interesting that the people that are in the helping business, we kind of don't take care of ourselves as Mm -hmm. much as we should because we're giving to others all the time. Right, right. Well, thanks so much to Java, who did a wonderful job while you were gone, and we love having him, too. The whole team, but Mm -hmm. especially Java Chapman, I Mm want to say, I told him he has a big Christmas present coming this year, Mm -hmm. but he really stepped in the gap for me on all three of my shows Mm -hmm. and just did a phenomenal job, like he always does. So thank you so much, Java Chapman, and the MPB radio team. Yes, yes, yes. Well, today we, we decided we wanted to talk about Um, seasonal affective disorder, but not just that. A couple of other things that kind of roll into that. So, you know, in the fall, we just a couple of weeks ago um, fell back, Mm -hmm. right? We fall back. So now we're back to standard time. And I think a lot of times people get confused about what is daylight savings time and what is standard I don't time. really. I couldn't explain it. Yeah. So can you explain it? What is it and why does it happen? Well, it, it started happening many years ago um, when they were trying to basically save utilities, um, uh, get more light, 
um, during the quote working hours and 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 the like. And so daylight savings time was created where you spring forward, you essentially um, lose an hour. And and so um, what that often did to prob to individuals was that of course you there's you always wake up you know an hour um, later earlier and so what happens is you also have daylight toward the end of the day for a much longer time. And so individuals at that time, um, many times with the spring forward, the daylight savings time start really having trouble with um, being able to fall asleep. And there's a good reason for that. Um, When you try to fall asleep and it's daylight, you don't get the natural surge of the hormone melatonin to help you fall asleep. So a lot of people struggle with that. Um, Some areas in the country and the world decided not to go by daylight savings time. And um, I know Puerto Rico, Hawaii, um, maybe Arizona, um, there are some other states that decided not to abide by the change. And so they stay on standard time all the time so that you don't struggle with that. But the shift of just an hour between um, when you go to sleep and when you wake up sometimes can be very difficult. And when people particularly are in daylight savings time and get into the habit of working outside until, say, 8 o'clock, and then come in and go to bed at, say, 11 or midnight— and then try to shift that to to a different when it gets dark now, you know, right now it's getting dark around five and pitch black by six o'clock. Four o'clock sometimes, right. especially if it's um, cloudy like it is yesterday and today. Right. It four o'clock. It's it's dark. And I personally don't like driving in uh, at night. But, um, well, we had John on the line, and I was, John, um, forgive me if I was talking low. I kept saying I'm talking low for a reason, and I slowed down because I didn't want to be on the air and answer the phone. So, John, if you would like to call us back, give us a call at uh, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's anyone. We'd love for you to join this conversation. We're actually talking about... Um, seasonal, what is it? Sad. Seasonal, Sad. seasonal aff- affective disorder. disorder. And right. do you feel overwhelmed during the holidays? Do you feel um, sad sometimes because it gets dark early? Or some, I've heard Dr. Butchers, my friend, say uh, when the time change went back, she said, I. I just can't get used. My body just can't get used to this time change yet. I've been sleeping longer or not sleeping uh, and just it's up and down, up and down. So she's like, I don't know if I can mentally wrap my mind around this yet. How long does it normally take a body or a mind to get used to the time change? That's a really good question. And it, it really can take up to three weeks for some individual. Now, you would hope that we would start to do some adjustment. And there are some things that we can do to adjust to the time change. 
if if we will make ourselves think forward and plan for it. Um, the recommendation has been that you change your bedtime um, by 15 to 30 minutes every week for a few weeks. Now, I saw one recommendation where the, it was recommended that you do it two or three days prior to the time change, but the reality of that is that is very difficult to do, um, to, to really be able to make the transition that quickly. So um, we can talk more about that as we move along. I want to go ahead and go, go to the phones. We have um, Stephen. Where is Stephen? Let's see. Stephen, where are you? Are? Uh, in Boonville. Boonville. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Uh, so tell us what your thoughts are about this. Well, let, let me share something very briefly that happened to me when I was serving in the military. I was sent to Alaska. Fairbanks, Alaska, in the month of February. Oh, wow. And talk about a shock to my body. I bet. About this affected, what do you call this, circadian rhythm or something like that? Exactly. And, and during that time, I got up there, the earliest rays of sunlight did not even come up until 1030 in the morning, and by 2 in the afternoon, it was pitch dark again, that quick. And people were, we were trying to fight it as much as we could, but we were crawling back in bed long before the, a normal evening hours. And, and because we were not acclimated to it, the people who were there um, for a long time, they had to gradually acclimate to it. But thank goodness I was only there for two weeks, and it was a shock. Yeah. We just could not adjust our body clocks to it. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen. And there, there are really great scientific reasons um, for that. And you mentioned one of them. Our, our natural circadian rhythm operates with daylight and darkness. And as I mentioned earlier, um, melatonin, a naturally occurring hormone in our body, many people have heard of it because they use it to help with sleep onset. Um, but if you have the right amount of naturally occurring melatonin in your body, then it goes up with darkness and down with daylight. And so if your body um, has been doing that and you're programmed to go to sleep when it gets dark, then um, moving to a place like Alaska in the winter can be really, really tough for an individual. And, and it might take, you know, uh, several weeks or a month. To, uh, to be able to make an adjustment to that. So I can imagine there's a higher incidence, by the way, of, of depression in that area during those winter months. And it, it really, you have to be very conscious. I have a friend who lived there, and we've talked about exactly what, what she did to be able to sleep. And, you know, they had blackout curtains when it was daylight all the time um, in the summer. And they, they used um, a lot of light. You know, there are ultraviolet lights that you can get, and we can talk about that as we move along to help with that, too. So um, interesting, Stephen. I, I bet that was tough. It was. It, it took a little. Thank goodness I was reminding myself I was only there for a couple of weeks. But what did help me get into a sleeping rhythm was really working hard during my work shift to physically tire myself out so I could just follow my normal rhythm. Right. 
Right. Really good. Uh, good thought. Exercise helps making sure and then making yourself stay up during the hours in which you need to um, and not allowing naps in the day because that continues to disrupt circadian rhythm. Um, Well, thank you for calling. I really appreciate you starting us off. I know we have another caller. Is it John? Um, Hi. Hi, John. Where are you? Hi. Uh, Bentonia. Bentonia. Thanks for calling. I know exactly where that is. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tell us what your thoughts are. Um, Well, you know, I just call it daylight loser's time. And I'm going to, you know, this is kind of a, 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 you know, Tentacles going everywhere uh, comment that I want to make. Okay. And uh, so, so you know, it happens twice a year, in my opinion, daylight losers time. I don't care what you call it. To me, that's what it is. You lose, you lose your, your rhythm. And, you know, it, 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 the time change causes that. And it's very significant for someone like me that has had, uh, you know, type one diabetes, uh, uh, sugar monkey junkie on your back, you know, that long, uh, because, you know, routines are very important for the control. It will screw up. And right. it, I mean, it does, it screws up the regulation, literally regulation, you know, the H1, hemoglobin A1Cs will, mm-hmm. you know, vary by a quarter of a point for a week or two, um, based on, uh, you know, the screwed up time change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tentacles right and well also okay you know our our analog bodies don't really uh, live perfectly in this digital world now and your call uh, you know i want to make a kind of a comment i didn't want to call during the call the the rush and everything about uh you know the the previous show but um there, there, you know, there is actually now a stem cell, um, it, you know, they've got one patient now that has literally uh, gotten off of insulin, type 1 diabetic, uh, the, num- the first subject uh, with, with a stem cell transplant, you mm-hmm. know, it does still require immunosuppression, mm-hmm. but that is looking very promising. And yeah. it's tied into, you know, when when Bush banned federal funding for in two thousand one, you remember that year, he won you know nine uh, eleven uh, and everything. He banned federal funding for stem cell research, right. and it this this has taken all this time because of you know to come to this progress. The technology was there back then; yeah. they could have had. Yeah, John, you are you you're right. There's been technology out there for a while. We're getting a a little for peace from what we're talking about today. And I know type 1 diabetes uh to deal with from a health standpoint that you know you probably started with very young can be such an incredible struggle. So it is so exciting that there may really be something out there. But your point that you started with is very is a great point. Um, when you get your circadian rhythm off, it can really be disruptive to everything. Your adrenocorticoid system, the way your blood glucose um, 
is regulated and and the like. So that's why it's so important um, when we deal with these time changes to try to make sure. And and then in the winter time, um, I would expect that that could be an issue also. So. Um, I appreciate you calling in about that. You know, there's been a lot of controversy. Do we continue with daylight savings time or not? All right, we're going to go to our first break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about seasonal affective disorder, but also let's talk about some of the things that you can do, maybe some of the stressors that you have. What do you think adds to this time of year and sometimes mood issues? Or what do you do about it? How do you handle that? Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, and we're talking today about seasonal affective disorder, daylight savings um, time, standard time, which is worse, which is better. And what about this time of year when it truly has fewer daylight hours, no matter what the time is, um, does that affect you? Do you feel like that it affects your ability to, to accomplish things? Do you think it affects your mood? How do you handle that? Um, you know, it does seem like humans are most vulnerable to sleep deprivation with early March, with um, the daylight savings time piece. Um, but what we're most vulnerable to with standard time is just that our days are shorter. And so what happens is um, we get sleepier earlier because um, it's dark. Uh, the other issue, too, is that some individuals are very prone to depressive effect when they don't get enough UV ultraviolet light. And so, you know, we, we've talked, we've touched on that, and we can talk about that as we move forward. But sleep di- disruption alone can, can affect your entire body. Well, we're going to go back to the phones. We have Jimmy in, in Oxford. Hi, Jimmy. How you doing? Doing well. Tell us what your thoughts are. Well, I hear everybody talking about how the time affects them, but I get no feeling whatsoever. It's the same to me. Only thing different is 
it gets darker sooner or get lighter sooner. But as for sleeping or any or mood, mood change, it doesn't have, affect me one bit. Hey, Jimmy, let me ask you a question. What do you do for a living? Because it's interesting. Some people say, just say if you work 8 to 5 uh, and you get off work at 5 or 5.30 and it's dark when you get off. Or if you work outside and you maybe if someone was uh, a farmer and they have less daylight during the day, they may not like the time change because it gets dark sooner and they have less time to be in the field and do what they do. So I was asking your uh, career because sometimes it affects people differently because uh, because of what they do, I work for Austin City, so I may go in at seven o'clock and get off at nine o'clock at night. So. Okay. Oh, uh, so you are working dawn to dusk. <laughs> That's why I don't affect <laughs> <laughs> you. Okay, Jimmy, I'm curious. How many hours a night of sleep would you say you get on average? I average about six and a half, seven hours. Okay. Night. Yeah. Okay, that's what I, I was figuring. Um, you're probably just used up every day if you're if you're working such long hours. Um, it's I'll just this is a good time for us to to say um, one way to help with seasonal affective disorder and sleep disruptions is to make sure that. You are getting physical activity, physical exercise, making sure that um, you're you're doing enough physically to tire your body out and not just your mind. Um, and I imagine you're doing that, but you yeah, might I, not. I walk, I Go. walk about five miles a day on the treadmill and do my upper and lower body stuff by two hours. Wow! My exercise, no problem. I get. I'm gonna get that in. Super. And and that's in addition to your work hours? Yes. See, now, Jimmy is a good it's example. Not, it's, it's not the same all the time. I may work yeah. nine hours a day, may work eight hours one day, but yeah. I'm going to have about nine and a half hours. Well, I will say, Jimmy, you are a great example for everybody because many times people say I don't have time to exercise. And so I think listeners, um, you hear Jimmy. He makes time. So do that. Now, Jimmy, I'm going to tell you one thing you need to do is make sure you get about seven hours of sleep. There, there, there are great data out there that have looked at numbers of hours of sleep, and it seems that seven to eight hours is optimal. And so, I would encourage you to 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 not try not to get below that that seven hours. Um, uh, all right. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Jimmy made, uh, I think, a really good point that I was going to make later in the show, and that is that if you are active enough and busy enough and physically involved enough, then you likely aren't going to suffer from um, some of the issues, the sleep issues at least. Now, people with seasonal affective disorder, though, um, exercise is one of those things that you can do to try to help. But um, having more light in your life um, often is what is really, really needed. 
And there are specific ultraviolet rays. I believe it's something like um, 10,000 lumens need to be what the the lamp um, emission is. And so um, you want to think about that. If you believe you're one of those individuals struggling with seasonal affective disorder, to one, get an evaluation, have somebody... um, examine you, make sure that your physician, somebody is who I'm talking about, I guess, (laughs) not just anybody, (laughs) have your primary care physician do a good physical exam and make sure nothing else is going on if you really are struggling this time of year. And and then um, if everything looks clear, then then think about, well, you know, what what do I do? What am I doing? Am I getting enough exercise? Am I getting enough sleep? Or maybe I'm getting too much sleep because you can get too much sleep this time of year. And that's not good for you either. Over about nine hours of sleep for most individuals is unnecessary and hasn't been shown to be healthy. So to think about that and then um, make sure your nutrition is good. And I really do want to talk through that for uh, a few minutes as we're moving along, because there are some nutritional issues that we can get into this time of year that can affect you. And then the, the final thing is think about light and um, how you can get more. Well, yeah. Dr. Butchers, I know a lot of people during the holiday or winter months, you know, you've heard people say, I love summer, I love spring, especially a lot of people like spring because things are blooming and things are growing. And they say winter months, is they're drab. They look gray. And you think that has a lot to do with it, the way things look as well. Like you said, this it's I don't say it's less sunlight because I love a crisp sunny winter day you know the sun is right. still out right but some people just say i really hate winter i don't like it cold I, I like it summertime i was born in december so i love the holidays when october november december hits i'm euphorically happy yeah i guess it's the holiday season with families and friends family and friends so you know i think it's is it more mental or is it physical Well, some of it is certainly mental. Some of it may be physical. Some of it is very much related to to where you are and your experiences, too. So like you said, your your birthday's in December. There's lots of fun going on. You get sort of the, the double recognition with your holidays and, and with your birthday. And so that's a fun time for you and hopefully good memories for you. And so, you know, I think um, some individuals this time of year, all they can do is get stressed about dealing with family and dealing with holidays and not maybe being able to afford presents. Or even if they can afford presents, I've heard many people just concerned about the the materialism of what's happened and how there's just too much out there and the expectations are so great and get frustrated about that. So sometimes it is about the the monetary aspect and the stress that you you just don't have the money. 
Sometimes it's about all the other excess that happens. And then we fall into bad dieting and all of that. So when we get back, we're going to take our next break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some some other things you can do. And I want to make sure that we talk about maybe some of those dietary pitfalls we can get into that make our sleep work worse and our mood worse. So... We're talking about seasonal affective disorder. We want to hear from you, so give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. Dr. Susan Buttress. Children grow and change so fast, it's important to help them build the strong foundations they need to help develop lifelong skills and succeed in school. Whether it's singing songs in the car or counting steps while walking to the mailbox, there are many ways to help young children learn new skills and reach new developmental milestones. Even before they can talk, babies can make connections and respond to adults' words, sounds, and facial expressions by clapping, waving, or smiling back at them. Not only is it fun, but it's important to talk, read, and sing with children. More at MississippiThrive.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking and I'm Susan Buttress here with Michelle McAdoo. Um, I have a question for you listeners. Um, Is this time of year a good one for you? Do you find happiness? Do you like the winter? Um, Jimmy, our previous caller, talked about how he he didn't see a mood change. He kind of felt the same way all the time. Do you feel like that this is a better or worse time for you? And if so, why? Did something happen to you during this time that has made it a little harder, more difficult for you to be joyous? Or um, are you like Michelle? It's a joyous time and you get excited as soon as the cold weather happens. I know we've, um, we've had the ups and downs in the weather for sure, but I'm curious, does that cause ups and downs in your mood? And, and if so, do you have an idea why? Because sometimes if you know why, it will help you know how to make the changes that you need to make. And if this time of year is always difficult for you, I can assure you that the very best thing you can do is to try to make yourself think into this, what's causing it, and what can I do to make it better? Because it doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you. And you can rest assured that if you are one of those individuals who 
has seasonal affective disorder or if you're one of those people who just gets so upset during this season, then you're, you're changing everyone's mood around you. And so I would encourage you to, one, figure out why, and two, start thinking. And as we move along the show, we'll talk about it more. Start thinking about how maybe you can make things better. Michelle? We all know the story of uh, Scrooge, and uh, we talk about him every year, but that is so real. Uh, He had some past issues that he just didn't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. He was mean, but if you didn't go into his past and see why, you just thought he was a rich, mean old man. Okay. And the story unfolds and you realize, you start almost feeling sorry for him. And you realize yeah. that he really needed help and he wasn't, he was like he was for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I like how you were talking about going back in your past and seeing why when Halloween or Thanksgiving hits I, I'm, I'm mean and mad. Am I? Do I have anxiety about getting together with family and friends? Do I not? You know, is it something deep that happened back in when I was young that causes me to feel this way? It's a lot of things that you can um, do to maybe talk to a therapist to find out to un, unfold those uh, feelings and see why you feel the way you feel during the holidays. Right. So, listeners, has it, are you struggling with that? If you are. We are here to talk. I would love to speak with you. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You know, I, um, I know many of us over the last two years particularly, but all along that's just the way life is. Um, We've lost loved ones um, through this pandemic, but but also just because um, we we lose people. And sometimes it does happen during this time of year. And so how do you deal with that? Do you find yourself unable to celebrate? And if so, um Is there something that you think you need to do to make some changes? Um, If you don't know what to do, give us a call. I'd like to talk about it. But there are indeed some real issues out there with always finding yourself in the dumps this time of year um, for many reasons. Um, One, it's bad for your health. It's it's really bad for your health not to have the proper levels of serotonin and dopamine, those happy genes, um, because it it enhances um, all the negative health issues that can happen to you uh, if you're chronically feeling stressed or anxious or sad then typically you're going to have worse problems with blood pressure, worse problems with anxiety and the like. And so talking about that, before the break I mentioned I I wanted to talk to everyone about some of the issues that we get into nutritionally and we don't realize how much it's affecting our health. A couple of things. Um, I'm a big believer in trying to diminish the amount of red meat and that kind of thing in a diet. It's a healthy way to eat. I'm not 
I'm definitely not a vegan, but um, I have diminished the amount of red meat that I eat. Um, let me talk to you, though, about some of the difficulties in, um, in diet and what can happen if you get, get too into, um, too into a, a vegetarian or vegan diet without understanding about the diet. I think they can be great. They can be great. I want you to know I'm not speaking out against that. But if you are, are totally vegan, if you don't eat any animal products, then you will be deficient in vitamin B12 without paying very close attention to what your intake is, okay? Um, B12 is essential for mood. Um, it's essential for some cognitive abilities. Um, so that's something I want you to really pay attention to. The other thing, too, is protein. Um, having enough protein in your diet, yes, a totally vegan diet, you can get enough protein. But you have to eat more frequently, and you have to typically eat in larger volumes. So if you have, if you are not an omnivore, if you don't eat meats and vegetables, then you really need to be knowledgeable. Um, it's not enough to just have it in your head that morally it's the right thing to do or health-wise it's the right thing to do. Make sure that you are really taking care of your health by being knowledgeable about your diet um, because it truly can change your mood. Calcium. I can keep going. Zinc, um, those are all things that you could be deficient with if you're not very careful about eating properly. Okay, now uh, let's go back to the phones. We have Terry and Tupelo. Hi, Terry. Thanks for calling. Dr. Buttress, listen to you, listening to you is like wrapping up in a warm fleece blanket. No. On a cold winter day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this time of year. I love that when I walk outside and I take a deep breath and you get that cold down in your lungs and it just makes you feel alive, actually. Uh, I love this time of year much more than summer here in Mississippi. Of course, it might help that I grew up in snow. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of miss that part of it, but, uh, but it is nice to, I live in North Mississippi, so we do get a little snow Yeah, and it's just really nice, uh, to be able to be outside more. There are some, you know, days in the sixties that I can go fishing and it's just, to me, it's a wonderful time of year. Well, thank you for that, Terry. You know, actually... It, it is so much easier and safer to exercise this time of year. It's, you can go out and do much more robust exercise, though we still need to remember to hydrate and all of that. But um, it's, it's one of those really important uh, things to remember. You know, people tend to think, oh, it's cold out there. We have to be careful. We don't want to catch a cold. Well, you don't catch a cold from being cold. It can lower your immunity, obviously, if you get too cold. But that rarely happens here in Mississippi. 
So it can be a very invigorating time of year and good for your good for your mood. It can give you a boost. And so um, Terry somehow got disconnected. I was going to ask him where he grew up um, because I'm, I'm, yeah, North Mississippi for some of us is is kind of the north. It's a lot colder. I'll never forget when my daughter moved to Nashville. I have a daughter who lives in Nashville, and she she called me during one of the Nashville can get pretty cold in the winter. And they've got plenty of humidity. And she called me and said, I don't like living in the north in the winter. It's too cold. And I died laughing. I said, sweetie, you are not in the north. (laughs) I remember going to school uh, with my snowsuit on and your galoshes. And, I mean, the Chicago wind is blowing. There's dirty snow on the side of the streets. I love that. Mm -hmm. But the lights and the wintertime and the Mm -hmm. snow, that's what... Christmas it means to me, yeah. but in Mississippi we rarely get that, yeah. and I get a little sad because we don't get snow. So when we got the ice, the ice storm wasn't welcome. But when we do get a little snow here in Mississippi, I do get excited. We do get excited. It turns in. Of course, our schools close <laughs> yes. if there is a, a quarter of an inch of uh, snow anywhere, um, which is probably good because we don't know how to deal with it. But Chicago is beautiful in the winter. It, it is lovely. And New York. And New York. Oh, and New York. And those are experiences that you are really great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we are going to go to our final break. And when we come back, we still want to hear from you, listeners. I tell you all the time you make the show. So give us a call. Join in. Tell us what you've done to make this time of year better and perhaps help you if you have had seasonal affective disorder in the past. Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send that email to family at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Michelle McAdoo. And we're talking about seasonal affective disorder, sleep in general, mood in general, and and maybe the time change and, and how to deal with that. And we still have time for callers, so so jump on in if you want to join in at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 
In the last few minutes, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about some of the things that we do wrong to um, perhaps not help this time of year particularly, but any time of year as far as um, making sure that we're getting enough, not just sleep, but adequate slash restful sleep um, to make sure our mood and all is good. You know, we've talked a lot about light and um, we all need to have about eight hours of light, of daylight. And so to try to get outside when you can during the light hours to make sure you get a few of those rays. Um, and I'm not talking about sunbathing. You know what I'm talking about. Um, it's really our eyes um, uh, need to have that UV light coming in to be able to activate what we need activated and make us feel alive. Um, there, there are some other things, though, um, that that you can do um, to take care of yourself in general. I talked about diet, and I won't go on with that any further, but let me talk a little bit about the the bedroom and the sleep that you get. Working in your bedroom, in your bed, with your laptop on your lap is not a good idea. You should not do that. Um, we There is such good evidence that the light emitted from screens is um, activating, and it's not going to be helpful for sleep onset. So you should do away with screen time altogether about an hour prior to bedtime, but better not to work in your bed. Your bed should become the place for sleep and and maybe other fun things, but um, but not but not for work. Okay, um, if you have stressors, sorry about that. I just had to say, um, if you have stressors that keep you up at night. Um, one thing that you can do, first of all, you know, I can say, don't do that. Don't let that happen. But probably the best thing you can do, and again, there's evidence out there. It's not just Susan's idea, but there's real evidence out there. If you make a list of those things, a hard list, write them down in your handwriting better than even typing, um, journal it down. Um, say that that's what you're going to think about in the morning and then put it away. Close that journal. And that way it takes it out of your mind onto that sheet of paper and then something that you don't have to ruminate about because it'll still be there tomorrow. Um, The other thing you can do is on those maybe rare nights that you really have gotten excellent rest, Think about how you feel that day. I know I have. When I get up in the morning and I've had just this great night, I feel like a different person. It improves your mood. It improves your sense of well-being. And so to, to keep that in mind so that when you are tempted to stray away from getting that sleep because maybe you want to do something else, um, Try to make yourself think about that that energy that you need. 
on the weekends, it's better not to change your routine too much. Now, I think most of us probably stay up a little bit later. But the recommendation from the experts is don't deviate too far away, no more than a couple of hours from your typical bedtime and your typical wake time. It's better not to to do the 12-hour marathon sleep thing that sometimes people tend to do. There's no real such thing as making up sleep. It doesn't heal your body as much as just getting that regular eight hours of sleep a night. And so um, keep that in mind. Try not to deviate your schedule too far. Occasionally, obviously, that's going to happen. But um, better, better not to do that on a regular basis. Um, keep in mind with our time changes, um, when they happen, if we continue to do daylight savings time and standard time, um, try to prepare your body for that. So I know we've just gone through it. It won't be until March when we change again. But put this in the back of your mind, sort of in your repertoire of how to better deal with things, especially with our spring forward. We we. We all have a little bit more trouble with that time change than the fall back for obvious reasons. And so to start preparing at least a few days ahead of time with changing your wake-up time, even by increments of maybe 15 minutes at a time, can make a big difference. So um, on that spring forward, back up your wake-up time by about 15 minutes every couple of days and and see if it doesn't go a little bit better for you. I suspect it it will. Um, if you're going to alter your your bedtime at all, like I, I said, do it gradually. Don't decide, oh, I've been staying up until midnight every night. I'm hearing that it's bad for me. I'm going to start going to bed at 10 o'clock. Don't do that. Um, gradually back it up. There was actually a very recent study that came out that showed, I'm going to have to look at this more, that if you if you go to bed at 10 or 11, those are the optimal times. Now, it didn't talk about when you wake up, so I've got to go back and look at that, and there'll be more to come. Like I mentioned earlier, um, if you stay out late and party and you think you need a nap, nap in moderation. Um, it's better not to to take too long of a nap because what happens is you start gradually changing your um, your ability to fall asleep. All right, so I gave you a bunch of tips. I hope you took down one or two and that you'll remember them for the future. Um, and I hope anybody who's struggling with seasonal affective disorder, please listen to this entire podcast. Maybe you'll get some tips. And then consult your professional, um, your physician, if you're really struggling, because there are things to do. Okay, if you'd like to hear this show again or past episodes, you can listen on the podcast on your favorite app by searching Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking. 
This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and was engineered by Michelle McAdoo. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and that you'll stay tuned right now for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.